Daisy Shoemaker couldn't sleep. She knew, of course, that she was not alone, awake in the middle of the night. She'd read Facebook posts, magazine articles, entire books written about women her age consumed by anxiety, gnawed by regret, tormented by their hormones, fretful about their marriages, their bodies, their aging parents, and their troublesome teenagers, and, thus, up all night. In bed on a Sunday night in March, with her husband's snores audible even through her earplugs, Daisy pictured her tribe, her sleepless sisters, each body stretched on the rack of her own imagination, each face lit by the gently glowing rectangle in her hands. Picture each worry like a gift. Put them in order, from the mildest to the most intense. Imagine yourself picking up each one and wrapping it with care. Picture yourself placing the gift under a tree and then walking away. Daisy had read that technique on some website or in some magazine. She's tried it along with all the others. She had imagined her worries like leaves floating down a stream. She pictured them like clouds drifting past in the sky, like cars zipping by on the highway. She had practiced progressive muscle relaxation. She played in her noise-canceling headphones, murmurous podcasts and Spotify mixes of soothing, sleep-inducing sounds, the chiming of Tibetan singing bowls, Gregorian chants, whales moaning to one another across the vast and chambered deep. She had swallowed melatonin and slugged down valerian tea and trained herself to leave her phone charging in the bathroom instead of right next to her bed with the ringer turned up in case her daughter, away at boarding school, should need her in the middle of the night. Thoughts of Beatrice made her sigh, then look guiltily over her shoulder to make sure she hadn't woken Hal. Hal was still sleeping, flat on his back, arms and legs star-fished wide. They had a king-sized bed, and most mornings Daisy woke up clinging to the edge of her side. Hal, while not unsympathetic, had been notably short on solutions. What do you want me to do? He'd ask, sounding maddeningly reasonable and slightly indulgent. It's not like I'm pushing you off the bed on purpose. I'm asleep. He'd given her permission to wake him up. Just give me a poke, he'd said. Shake my shoulder. Probably because he knew she never would. Sighing, Daisy rolled over to face the window. It was still dark outside the sky showing no signs of brightening, which meant it was probably two or three in the morning, the absolute pit of the night. She had a big day coming up, and she needed to try to sleep. Breathe in. Two, three, four, she coached herself. Hold. Two, three, four. Breathe out. She exhaled slowly, trying and failing not to think about how the dean had sounded when he'd called to inform them of Beatrice's latest transgression, which had involved gathering up the members of the Emlyn Feminist Liberation, pronounced F.L., and spray-painting the word rapist across a male classmate's dorm room door. Unfortunately, this is not Beatrice's first infraction of our honor code, the dean had intoned. We'll need at least one of Beatrice's parents to come up here to discuss this. Okay, Daisy had stammered. Although, would you mind calling my husband? 
You have his number, right? She wanted Hal to handle this. Hal was the Emlyn graduate in the house, the one whose own father had attended the school, a loyal alumnus who donated money each year in addition to paying B's tuition. He'd know what to do. And if the dean called, Hal would hear the news from the school and not her. Of course, said the dean. Daisy had hung up, her legs watery with relief, thinking, Hal will fix this. Hal will talk to him. He'll figure it out. And by the time he comes home, everything will be fine. But Hal hadn't. And it wasn't. Two hours later, her husband had stormed into the house, wearing the blue suit and red and gold tie that he'd left in that morning and a thunderous look on his face. They're probably going to expel her, he said. We need to be there Monday morning. Don't look so happy about it, he'd snapped before Daisy had even said anything. And Daisy turned away, her face burning. 